All right, welcome everyone. This is Tatiana of Talk to Tatiana Show. And today with me, I have Chuck Bauer. Welcome, Chuck. It's so awesome to have you on the show. Tatiana, thank you very much. I was honored when I got the invite. I'm looking forward to visiting with you and carrying across some positive messages to your listening group. Awesome. So Chuck, I, I mean, I know who you are. You've, you've been my coach for, for a year and I've experienced a lot of transformation, but um, our listeners don't know who you are. So tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, and how do you help um, business owners experience transformation in their business? All right. Well, I'll try to keep a long story real short. So actually, I've owned my own business since about 1995. And uh, due to necessities, I actually went virtual in 2006 with two staff members, and we've been virtual ever since. Um, we specialize in business development for small to medium-sized companies. And then we also do sales development training for salespeople in virtually every industry. Uh, so we have over 20 years of industry experience in of multiple facet of industries. But I've um, become pretty large in the CPA and accounting industry. So I have over 1,500 total clients through the years. Many of those have renewed and continue to renew with my programs. Uh, but the majority of those 1,500 are CPA and accounting firms. And uh, back in 2014, I impacted that industry through an association called PASBA. And I coached uh, probably about two-thirds of that um, entire database of people in PASBA and ventured off into other big organizations such as the Florida Institute of CPAs and a bunch of other ones and have had a great run with this and have great clients who implement our teachings and get great uh, results. Awesome. Terrific. And I mean, I have been your student for a year and I've experienced transformation that I never really anticipated. But I, what I wanted to kind of um, talk a little bit about is before I went into coaching, before I started with concierge CPA, um, I actually thought that I was a know-it-all and I don't really need coaching. And I think that a lot of people actually feel the same way. Like before I joined the program, I was like thinking to myself, um, I, I can do it on my own. Um, but, you know, I was wrong. Um, so have you experienced uh, this type of mindset? And if, if you, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you, you have, and what would you, what would you share with people who, who think that way? Well, uh, when people think that way, it's usually a result of a, you know, just kind of how they feel, obviously, but it really two things come to mind. First of all, when people are like college educated and then they are in corporate America, most of those people have that idea. They can't learn from anybody else if, you know, if the person doesn't have as many degrees as they have, you know, and all this kind of stuff. And so corporate America really thumbs their nose up at what I do. However, people that are entrepreneurial, such as yourself, and you're very positive, you still have that attitude about, well, you know, I can do it myself. And Tatiana, you probably could have at some point, but being open and available to working with me, all I did was I reduced your timeline of where you were going to go eventually. Now, how can I do that? Well, am, am I a trained CPA and accountant? No. But the answer to this is really the fact that I have done hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours of live on-site training in different industries in four to five different countries now and have sat, sat by or uh, sat 
side by side with individuals and companies and corporations and small to medium sized businesses. And as an example, see their inefficiencies. And like for you, as an example, you're a go getter. You get stuff done. You're super intelligent. In fact, over intelligent. But yet you haven't even come close to my experiences. So when I can take that person who's open and available for being able to learn, whether it's business or sales development, then that's really a good mixture of two things. And then we go forward and and 99.999% of the time we have huge successes like we had with you. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, I, for me, the most transformational tactics have been, um, you know, the structured week, the automation, the um, video recording, the responses, review. Um, can you talk a little bit about kind of what, how you help not only CPAs, but also business owners reach that efficiency in their business? And and I can share how it translated in my in reduction of my hours that I spend working. Well, one of the things that I do, whether it's the CPAs, accountants, or other industries that I'm heavy in, is that I, um, every February of every year, and I've done this now for about seven years straight through, but in February, the, the time management and efficiency stats from the United States government are published. And there are some different reporting agencies, but the biggest one is the United States Department of Labor. And then there's Comscore, there's IBM and a couple other companies that do a lot of tracking of percentages of what goes on in the workplace. So when companies contact me, I'm able to provide them of industry specifics about inefficiencies. And right now I can tell everybody, and again, this is based off of my looking at the statistical data every year, is that virtually every firm and every person in your firm is about 70% inefficient. And that comes from a variety of things, but we know what the stats say. The stats don't lie. And I will say this is that every year it's getting worse. Um, So what we do is we put systems and programs into place to combat the inefficiencies that the government agencies are telling us about every year. And we've got a long track track record of doing that. So we can take virtually any firm, any staff member, any person, whether it's in the C-suite or an entrepreneurial-based firm, and really make them more efficient just by capturing and understanding the time continuum and then making sure that the systems that they typically already have in their, in their computers are being maximized when 99% of the time they're not. As an example, people go, oh, I'm an expert in Google or I'm an expert in Outlook. And when I sit down for them and look over their computer in 10 minutes, they are so inefficient, but they don't know what they don't know. And that's what we do is we bridge that gap with people that are open and available for that training. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I know that I got a lot of the time back um, just by having an onboarding <laughs> process. Um, just adding that process to to my business, it actually kind of transformed the customer experience, but also you know, once, as soon as I delegated it to somebody else, my day has freed up tremendously, especially off season. And, um, I, I can tell that like now I have 120 clients, uh, actually it's a little too much, too many. Um, and, uh, I, but Tatiana, it's not too many. You just need to become a little bit more efficient. <laughs> right? Well, I don't, yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, you can. You can. Sure. 
Yeah. Uh, well, here's the thing. So off season, I work about 60 hours a month um, on my business, which allowed me to have the time to write the book, to, to be with my family, to um, launch educational programs and, and other things. So it's all because of being highly efficient during the, my work time, which is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, personally, and this is a reason why a lot of people book me because they've seen my own personal experience. But for the last uh, four to five years, I was working three days a week and doing 24 coaching sessions in those three days and, um, you know, making an incredible living. But now, if, and we discussed this even before we started today, I'm actually down to 16 to 17 sessions in three days a week and uh, getting ready starting January, going to 12 sessions a week. But my income is up almost like four to five fold, but yet I'm reducing time. And how do I do that is just by hyper, being hyper efficient. As an example, I, and you've heard me say this before, but I will never even in my office reach up to switch a light bulb out of a light fixture. Why would I take the time to do that when I can hire somebody else at much less value per hour or minute to have them do that while I get the choice of two things? I can either go drive revenue or I can go take more time off. But people don't know how to get be, you know, over that hill of really understanding the psychology behind that and then really maximizing their effort. But I've been through that whole thing where I used to work 60 hours a week a long time ago, and now I've got it down to basically 18 hours in three days. So think about it. I have a four-day weekend every week, no matter what, four-day weekend. But it can be done. You just got to go look in the mirror at yourself because that's where it starts. Yeah. And I think that actually you've, you've touched upon this, this interesting topic of the value of, of our time. And I feel like many people don't appreciate that value. It's more important to save the money on a specific task and to do it yourself as opposed to hiring someone. Uh, but I think that it's sort of a trap. Do you agree? Yeah, it's a trap. And you, you have to kind of look at that dilemma two different ways. And here, here we go with that struggle once again, or the dichotomy between corporate America and entrepreneurs. So corporate America just have a hard time with these concepts. Why? Because again, they have the diploma, they assign a, a dollar amount per hour, but they, you know, and they, they think that their computers are their work companions. But yet when I look at their computers, they're completely inefficient. So they don't understand or, or, or really know how to implement, well, how do we fix this time continuum? Whereas on the entrepreneurial side, like you, I can take people and really get into deep discussions about understanding the foundational pieces and, and then make the changes. And my big thing was reading the 20, uh, the, excuse me, the four hour work week by Timothy Ferris back in 2006. And by the way, for any of your listeners that are going to buy that book, you need to understand that the F word is expressed on every page in that book. So if you're offended by the F word, don't read it uh, or you get past it. But in that book, I read it on a weekend while I was down in Cancun. I came home and I changed everything. And I went virtual in 06 after reading that book. But I stopped, you know, doing things where I could take that time and then charge more money and then make a lot more money by doing that and hire everything out. So since 2006, I've had a full-time graphic artist. And by the way, I've had no turnover. She still works for me, full-time graphic artist. I have a full-time personal assistant. I have a full-time business assistant. 
Um, I maximized the utilization of Outlook and everything that goes along with Outlook at a high level. And I've also brought in communication codes and priority codes. And I've been able to literally change the face of so many different companies that are open and available for that information. So it's out there. And again, you've become a student of that and you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. I mean, I kind of became a student or like I decided to join the group after you and Jackie had um, a joint free session. Um, I actually happened to be in the hospital with my dad at the time and I joined. I don't know why or it was meant to be, but I joined the session and um, I just you shared just an, a few of your tactics and uh, my mind was completely blown. Um, you, you shared something about the handwritten notes and a couple of other things. Do you mind sharing it with everyone? With the handwritten notes? And a couple of other things that you typically share on those introductory sessions. Yeah. So um, one thing is, is there's this huge reliance on email, but email, again, based off the time-wasting statistics that we look at every year, email is, is dead. Um, and I want my students to rely heavily on mail. So when, from a marketing standpoint, do we use email? Very, very little. Do we use texting? Very little. But we use a lot by mail. And why? Is because of how we set it up. Now, for everybody listening to this, you need to write down the word anticipation, curiosity, and suspense. So when my students send mail, our mail gets opened and our, and our mail gets opened first. And here's why is because we use handwritten envelopes. We use anything but white. So you have to use colored envelopes and you're going to use a live stamp and you're never going to put a return address on the envelope. Now, for those of you that are in corporate America, you're already freaking out because of the color and because the fact you're not going to put a return address on what if they don't look at. Well, that's a worst case scenario. So stop that thinking and you're just inhibiting yourself from great growth. But I can go up against anybody or my students can go up against a competitor and beat them all day long because we use mail. That again, it's not being used anymore. And when it is used, it's white, it's corporate looking, and there's no anticipation, uh, curiosity, or suspense with that. So it's um, it's a great tool, but our mail gets open where emails get ignored or they're dealt with in haste. Does that make sense for you? Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. Uh, makes sense for me. And I honestly, when I heard you share this tactic back then. I just couldn't believe it. Uh, it's something yeah. so simple yet so powerful. Yeah. But like yesterday, I onboarded five new clients in a group. So I do my mail personally. I've got the best girly looking handwriting in the world, I think, because I've been doing handwritten cards for a thousand years. But you know what? I whipped out five envelopes with five cards. Everyone was a congratulations for enrolling into the program. You know, I signed my name at the bottom of it. I put a gold foil embossed uh, testimonial on the left side of the card. And I put my business card and I also have a referral card. And by the way, my cards are not those little things that are getting passed out at network meetings. My business cards are three and a half by five inches. So I hand address all five of those envelopes. I put stamps on them. No return address. And on the back of every one of those cards, Tatiana, I put a fragile handle with care sticker. 
big orange with black letters on the back of those envelopes. And those five people, they're going to get those and they're going to wonder who in the heck sent this to me. I built anticipation. And when they open it up, it's a congratulations card handwritten from me. And they'll never forget that experience. But again, corporate America, that's too crazy for people. But that's okay. That's why we live mainly in entrepreneurial America. That's right. That's right. It's actually the biggest employer. It's the small business. So, And I think that the, that tactic, it's a simple tactic, and it's only one of a, a million tactics that you have, or a hundred. <laughs> um, that's, that's very powerful and yet simple to execute. And I know that I, when I started doing the thank you notes and, um, and the other handwritten cards, that my clients, my new clients would post it on um, social media, you know, and say like, oh, my accountant is the best and, and stuff. So it created an experience for them. So it, and it's been transformational. Yeah. And some of the other things, and you've been on the peripheral of this and know this, but like um, whether whatever industry you're in, you're onboarding clients. Um, and so we're big on boundaries work because most of my clients, when they start with me, they are tolerating a huge amount of nonsense from their prospects and clients because they think that that's the way that it's supposed to be. And to kiss up to people and being overrun and have your boundaries of your firm violated is not good because when, you, uh, when you're letting that happen, you're tolerating. And I didn't see anywhere in the entrepreneurial workbook anywhere that I've been that says you should tolerate bad behavior by clients. So I'm a big stickler on making sure that your boundaries as a business owner are communicated to clients and how it's communicated and how many times we have to communicate it. But everybody needs to play by the same rules and shouldn't do things to upset you know, the business owners. But yet sometimes they do because they just haven't been educated. So we have this great onboarding system that we've been teaching. We actually just released, and I think you probably got a copy of it already, but we released a, the best onboarding guidelines that any of my clients have ever done. And that's uh, Zach Bryan out of Lincoln, Nebraska. But we yesterday just shared that with probably five to 600 of our clients and given that information out to them freely as they continue to work on having great relationships with their clients. Yeah. Yeah. I received it. Um, and I looked at, at the guidelines um, and I'll look at them again because they, they make a lot of sense. They create the experience for the client but they also set boundaries, like you said, and that's super important. Yeah, and the boundaries, and everybody needs that's listening needs to remember this. If you don't have boundaries in place for your business, you're going to end up tolerating, and then you're going to end up hating your clients, and you're going to hate what it is that you do. Nobody deserves to go to that extreme. So the onboarding guidelines is really the boundaries work that has to happen, and it's really simple. If you as a business owner don't set the boundaries of a functional relationship with your prospects and clients, then all you're going to do is tolerate. And I don't think anybody signed up to tolerate, right? Tatiana, you didn't sign up in your business to tolerate bad behavior by people. Not at all. No, <laughs> no not <laughs> absolutely all. not. Uh, so, so Chuck, I know that, um, I mean, I know um, the, the answer to the question that I'm, I'm, I'm about to ask, but I want you to share with, uh, with the audience, Kind of what type of programs do you now offer and um, what type of transformation, I guess, um, can people uh, get out of them? And then I also want, want you to talk about 
um, after you've answered that, kind of talk about when the mindset or I guess the state of mind of a person that may be a candidate for coaching, for business coaching or sales coaching or both, and just in general. Okay. All right. Um, so would you like me to hit on those two points? Sure. Okay. And, and actually I have a, I want to make sure that I talk about Valerie on my staff before we end, because that's quite an, has turned into quite an entrepreneurial story. But anyway, let's start off with, first of all, the program. So basically I have three programs that I offer. I have, and again, all this is very advanced coaching, teaching, and everything is on my website at chuckbauer.com. Everything is explained there, pricing is there, so on and so forth. So the three programs are as follows. First of all, again, advanced sales training. So I have that a program available to individual people, small groups or organizations that have a sales team. And I can actually take up to 18 people per course on our advanced sales training. The advanced sales training, I'm going to tell everybody right now, I'm not going to teach you what you already know. Just get over it. Um, if you already know it, I'm probably not going to teach it. And Tatiana, you as a student know that for well, because everything I taught you, you had no clue that it was even existed as you've already kind of indicated. So we have that sales, sales development program. Then we have a business development program that is basically the same thing, but it's all based off of my individual travels through, you know, four to five different countries and working a lot in corporate and entrepreneurial America and doing live on sites and seeing again, how, firms are inefficient as far as business development. So business development is really great for managers, C-suite executives, or president and vice presidents of companies. And typically small to medium-sized companies is where our sweet spot is. And then our third program is specifically designed for uh, CPAs, accountants, and EAs, and it's called The Concierge CPA. So you can go to theconciergecpa.com and our programs are there and we only do those. And I do that with co-coach Jackie Meyer, who you know, Jackie. And Jackie used to be a former student of mine. I completely, within 18 months, completely changed her firm to driving the highest revenue she's ever had. We sold off the bottom third of her uh, database and these were all the clients that she didn't like. And um, she's now working about seven to eight hours a week and super efficient because of what she went through in, the, in our business development uh, program. But then her and I combined up to start teaching this concierge group. And these groups are now selling out within about two weeks of being made available. And our next group starts this coming October. So those are my three programs. Um Outside of that, Tatiana, you kind of asked about like what makes people successful. So I'm going to ask all the listeners to whip out a piece of paper or get your tablet or your phone and be prepared to write because I'm going to give you my eight keys to extraordinary success. Tatiana, are we doing okay on time? Yeah, we're doing great. All right. Very good. Just want to make sure. All right. So here's the eight keys to success. And I want everybody to know this. You have to master all eight of these at a high level. If you come in and master it at a medium or a low level, I would say you're probably not serious about really becoming the best business owner that you can be and also working so that you're not overworking, but working at a high level of efficiency. So again, you can kind of get to where I'm at three days a week, 
16 to 18 hours a week and that's it. But yet my revenue is at the highest that it's ever been. All right, here's the eight keys. Let's go. Number one, discipline, high levels of discipline. Um, when companies ask me for hiring and recruiting help, I tell them that you got to hire disciplined people. So typically we look for athletes, people that have been in boys or Girl Scout programs, um, college universities or high school and college athletes. You know, those people. And in fact, every Russian I know, Tatiana, like you, are very highly disciplined, which makes it great to work with people that, you know, hail from Russia. So discipline is pretty big. Number two is tenacity. Uh, the opposite of tenacity is timid. So if you're a business owner out there and you're timid, you're in trouble automatically. So tenacity, going after things with a vim and vigor and, uh, and an effort to get things done, bring them to completion, those kind of things. Number three, whether you're my student or even Tatiana's student, you have to implement what we tell you. It, it isn't, you didn't hire us to get into conversations about you know, we need to think about this or talk this through. No, you've hired us to tell you what to do. So you, the level of implementation has to be super high and implement now, not, not five seconds from now, but now. Number four, focus. Just like the last couple of days, I've been working with a student who's doing some email blasting out. And as I read this, these one page things that this student sent out, it was like, what? I mean, does anybody like have a grammar or spell check put into play and, and all this? It, it, it's like, like, what is going on when these people are writing these documents that are going to be expressed to prospects? And what it is, that person who wrote this is not focused. So talk to you on it for years and years and years. I've had students pay to come in and hang out in this office for a day and a half, fly into Dallas. We have a set program. I actually take them to one of my client companies that's been with me for over 10 years. But the first thing that they notice, there's no noise. There's phones not ringing in here. There's not people running in, throwing stuff on the desk, any of that kind of stuff. I don't, I don't allow that. We are very silent in our offices. So again, why? So we can create hyper-focus. Number five, we are looking for a major level of desire, a burning, a white hot burning desire to be successful. And if you don't have that, then you got to figure out how to get it internally. You got to gotta light that flame. You got to light that afterburner that inside of you that you want to become successful and go for it. Um, but boy, it's got it. You know, you can't be sitting there on half throttle or a quarter throttle. It's got to be full throttle. Number six. And this is a thing that I established back in 2006 with the help from Timothy Ferris. But. I did everything in my company based off a system. So I started attacking every inefficiency that I saw and putting systems into place. Like, here's an example. Like everybody, or I shouldn't say everybody, but some people might come up and say, hey, Chuck, I want to get an executive assistant, but I can't afford one. Well, the fact of the matter is 99% of the population is already in front of an executive assistant because why? The executive assistant is their outlook. Or their executive assistant is their Google. But when I look at Outlook or Google on their computers, they're replete with nothing. So they're not even maximizing the power of computers and what those programs can do for us. So again, people are, they're lacking systems. And uh, I figured it out a long time ago. That's why my, my, my entire staff has been with me since 2006. 
with one exception, my personal assistant has been with me since 2010, but since 2006. And why do they stay is because we're systemized. We, we, don't, we don't have these upsets ever. It's really smooth for my staff. Number seven, we look at automation and how do we automate everything that we can do on an ongoing basis. So automation is, is very important, especially in today's world. And then the last one, number eight, is overreact. So again, if you're a student of Tatiana's and Tatiana says, do this and do that, then overreact to it. Don't underreact. Don't say, well, I'll get to that tomorrow. Do it now and overreact because I know her and her coaching and information is going to help all of you. And I know it will literally change your lives if you will overreact at a high level. So you guys all have that ability out there. So those are eight keys to extraordinary success. In fact, if you want to um, email my uh, executive assistant, Lisa at ChuckBauer.com, and just say you want the free link to that training, she'll send you back that link. And we have, I think it's like an 18-minute training on these eight keys. And that's free to everybody. So make sure to contact Lisa if you want that. And uh, Tatiana, with approval, um, can I just talk about Val, my graphic artist? Sure. Okay. So um, my longtime graphic artist, so when you look at all of our stuff, it's been professional for years. Um, every, you know, the font sizes, the colors, the graphics, everything is very fluid. But I hired Valerie in 2006 off of Craigslist as a virtual graphic artist. And so we started working in 2006. And after a couple of months, I knew that she was definitely a grand slam in the way of graphic artists. And I got lucky on that hire. Um, but we were starting to work on so many projects that sh- things were getting lost. So Val comes to me one day and she says, hey, Chuck, there's this new thing called Backpack. And I'm like, what? You know, I'm thinking like we're going to go to, you know, Girl Scouts and sit around the campfire and sing songs and marsh, you know, roast marshmallows. And uh, no, she says it's a place for us to keep our stuff in and blah, blah, blah. Now, again, everybody, this is in 2006. So we buy Backpack. And from 2006 to 2010, all of my staff communication is in Backpack and it's still there. We, everything we've done is in Backpack since 2006. But this is where we came up with a protocol and communication codes and made it super efficient and we're still in that one of the oldest clouds that's available out there. That's, a, that's actually not available. It's called Basecamp now. But um, the whole point is from 2006 to currently today, everything that we've done internally with our business and staff is in one place. Secondary to that, in 2010, we put our client base in. So from 2010 to today, all of our clients have complete 24-7 access to every coaching uh, program that I've done for them, for every PowerPoint they got, for every PDF, every communication, everything that went in on that session, we have people and some of our students have had over 200 sessions with me, but guess what? They're not calling me asking me for that recording or that PowerPoint or that PDF because they all have 24 seven access to it anywhere in the world. And the last thing I wanna share about Val is I've paid her just shy uh, just shy of a half a million dollars since 2006 on a part-time basis. And I've never met her. I've never met her. And that's it with my entire staff. Most of my staff 
was hired in that uh, 2006 to 2010. Lisa, my executive assistant, I'm in Dallas. She's over in Fort Worth. I've maybe seen her seven times. So when COVID hit and everybody's scrambling to go virtual, like we were snoozing on that. We, we had already mastered it a long time ago. So it's really important for all of you guys to whatever cloud you're in, you better maximize it at the highest levels. And if you need help, we can certainly help you with that. All right, Tatiana, back to you. All right, Chuck, thanks so much. This has been a really great refresher for me. And um, I think hopefully um, transformational for people who are listening because um, I know your strategies and actually your eight keys to success are printed out and hanging on my file cabinet. And I look at them every so often. So they're pretty transformational. I can tell you from experience. Um, and only transformational when they are implemented. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Yes. 100% coach. All right. Uh, this wraps up our session for today. Chuck, thank you so much for, for agreeing to come on the show and sharing your wisdom with, with my listeners and um, any kind of closing final notes. No, just you guys need to re-engage uh, re, um, those eight keys to, st uh, to success and really embrace them like Tatiana has. And again, our website is chuckbauer.com, conciergecpa.com. And we're here to help you, uh, again, take you to extraordinary success, not just success, extraordinary. So thanks again for having me as a guest. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Chuck.